morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to the Vanguard. For Spike, the star of the Mission Possible movies, Tom Jews Cohen, I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. There was a few different puns there, weren't there? Couple, yeah. Hey folks, thanks so much for tuning in to this episode of uh, Buddy Waters of Freedom. Be sure to like this and share this right now. Share the video right now. Share the, the, the podcast. However you're listening to this or watching this, share it right now. Just share it right now. And uh, like it, be sure it, to comment it. like it, share, comment, do the things that make the engagement go up. Show big tech that <laughs> we're going to control them for a change by even more using their platform. Check us out yes. on Facebook, Float, Anchor, everywhere. We are everywhere. Check us out everywhere. Wherever you can find us, be sure to like. However you're listening to this or watching it right now, like us, follow us, subscribe to us. Whatever it's called on the platform you're using, do that thing that is the thing that you do when you want to show that you love us. And if you're on YouTube, be sure to hit the bell. We want your phone to literally explode with notifications every time we go live. Please. Please don't rob yourself of that. Give the gift of Muddy Waters today. Kids love it. Kids love it. First and foremost, I would like to thank SiestaCava.com for the cava I'm drinking on today's episode. SiestaCava.com. And I'd like to thank Libli for my delicious, purified, ultra-pure, kosher, made-in-America, BPA-free. BPA-free? Is this BPA? I hope so. BPA-free, non-carbonate. It's water. Water. Kosher. Kosher water. As opposed to that that pig water that they sell down the street. <laughs> I've water pretty sure water's kosher. It's halal too, I heard. <laughs> it's vegan and gluten free. Bulavanaka. Bulavanaka. Sorry, this episode, we of course. Of... Oh, sorry. Yep, you're right. I'm I'm wrong. Do you do your thing? This episode, of course, is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing caucus that's related to waffles ever in anything. Ever. Be sure to join us on Facebook on the Facebook group Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus to become a member today. And if you want to become an accredited member, which is even better, because then you're accredited. Then go and buy a button, Muddy Waters uh, Libertarian Party Waffle House button. Go to muddywatersmedia.com. Hit the old store button and then go and buy the button at the store. There's a two-button store process there. This episode is also brought to you by Nug of Knowledge, smokable CBD oil. Now, Nug of Knowledge is not like most other CBD suppliers because they're selling weed. Also, they also, every bit of part of the proceeds go towards fighting the war on drugs. And uh, they also have a compassionate use program uh, for veterans and the disabled and people who cannot afford these smokable CBD products. Um, They uh, also, people that use, that smoke this weed, uh, find that they are, uh, it helps them, many, many people, not all, we can't guarantee it, uh, they find that it helps them with. Uh, joint pain. They find that it helps them with a quick pick me up, and uh, and also with just their overall mood and inflammation because it's because it's weed. This episode is also, of course, brought to you by South Carolina Governor Henry McMaster, who is, was, and shall remain 
Hey, bitch. Hey, bitch. Of course, this episode is also brought to you by Chris Reynolds, <laughs> attorney at law. Personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you find yourself personally injured in the Tampa Bay area of Florida, as one does occasionally, uh, then you, I have some, I have a silver lining for you for that situation. I think it's terrible that it happened, and I hate it for you, and I wish it hadn't. But if it did happen, then the silver, the good news, thankfully, uh, thankfully, you will be able to uh, get money. And the way, <laughs> and so I can't guarantee you're going to get money. But you might get money. We can guarantee whatever we want. Chris Reynolds can't guarantee anything. Chris Reynolds cannot guarantee. Right. We can guarantee whatever we want. We are not legally culpable for that. I don't feel comfortable guaranteeing it. But I know Chris is a good attorney. And he will do his darndest to get you that sweet, sweet moolah that you so desperately need in this time of personal injury. And so... If you feel as though you have been injured in a way that is personal to you in or around the Tampa Bay area of Florida, then I invite you to go to chrisreynoldslaw.com and he will presumably, I don't know how it works, but you go on there, you fill out, I don't, you call, just contact Chris Reynolds, attorney. And he law, will try to get you compensation for your personal injuries. Yes. So, Matt, we have a special show. Uh, we do this have show, a special show. This show's not like other shows. Well, actually, it increasingly is. Um, in that, uh, we actually have a special guest. We do have a special guest. Uh, straight from Chattanooga, Tennessee, which, which is a wonderful uh, city with a wonderful aquarium. Ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Torrance. Hey, guys. Hey Rachel, so, thanks so much for coming on. You yeah, are glad you're here. We, now you are running for uh, the correct me if I'm wrong. The District Three City Council race in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Is that that's correct, right? That's correct. Well, before we get to that, let's start with whenever we have a libertarian on the show for the first time, we always ask this: What is it that got you into libertarianism in the in the Libertarian Party? Was it like an aha moment or? Was there a gradual evolution over time? What what is we all every libertarian has their genesis story. Tell us the the Rachel Torrance story. So interestingly enough, I actually voted for Gary Johnson in 2016 and didn't know anything about libertarianism at that point. Um, the same thing happened in 2020, and I was like, who am I gonna vote for? I actually decided at one point I was going to write in Dolly Parton because I was just so over the options that we had. Um, someone introduced me to Joe Jorgensen and I started listening to what she had to say and what Spike had to say. Spike is actually my Ron Paul. Um, so I started listening <laughs> to um, whenever you started talking about things about going into colleges and knocking on doors that really just opened up my eyes and started volunteering in June and I'm a baby libertarian. So here I am. So you're going from baby libertarian to automatically running for city council. I love it. Yeah. I respect (laughs) that so much. 
I love like, this. I'm a libertarian now. I'm taking over this city, and I'm starting with District 3 of Chattanooga. Let's go. <laughs> now, Rachel, this speaks to my power that you that not only did I excite you about libertarianism, but you went straight from I'm not sure what I think to I want to run for office as a libertarian. Now, I don't want to take a hundred percent of the credit because I presume that you've done some <laughs> legwork in running for office. But is it fair to say I could take at least fifteen percent of the credit? You are the power. I love it. At least 15% of the credit. At least 15. Like a minimum. I'm not saying it's like 40. I'm saying at least 15. Maybe even like 20 to 25%. The numbers <laughs> don't matter. Yeah. T- t- <laughs> so, t- okay. Talk to us about. So, you live in Chattanooga. And what is Wonderful it that you saw? You both I asked me a that. question at the same oh, time. Sorry. Yeah. I was just saying I was just saying Chattanooga, great town. I used to live in uh, Nashville and we would do weekends in Chattanooga, great town, a lot of fun. So you uh you're you're running for this office. What was it that you saw that made besides me? After seeing me and being so inspired to now live your life in its purpose, which I have given you, after that. What what was it that drove you to say that drove you to say I'm sorry. What is it that drove you to say uh that you know well I should be running for this office. What is it that you saw in Chattanooga that said, that made you say, you know, I I want to vote to be the change in Chattanooga. Or I want to run well, for honestly, office to be that change. We um there was our our incumbent was running uncontested and so my party my local party just was like, Hey, why don't you jump in? And I just kind of looked at them and laughed like, no, 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 not that, not this shy girl. This shy girl is not going to run for office. No way. No. Uh-uh. And so I really just started to think about it a little bit deeper. And I, you know, there's not, I mean, it's, it's a risk I can take, but it's not really going to hurt me if I actually try. Um, so yeah, risk taking, I saw that, what I had to lose was to be to lose. So um, I was like, okay, there's only one person. Our district is about 18,000 people that are registered to vote. And only about 2000 of those actually vote in these, in these local elections. So that's one thing. And it's, it was really stepping out of my comfort zone and I was okay with that. Well, that's awesome. That's awesome. No, that's that's what would that's you... abs- Go ahead. That yeah, I was gonna say that that's that's absolutely amazing. Now, um, it's been a while since I've lived in Tennessee, and obviously never li- like I've never lived in Chattanooga. But what what are you aiming to achieve in Chattanooga? What are what are some of the issues going on in Chattanooga right now that you are looking to turn around? So the biggest thing I want to do is to roll back some of those restrictions that we've put on businesses and let them actually thrive. I mean, we had Walmart and Lowe's, all of the big, the big box stores were thriving while our mom and pop stores were kind of on edge. Um, So rolling back some of those restrictions and going after some of the harmful, the harmful um, regulations that we have on our people. So it's really our people is the biggest focus for me right now. And we, we have an awesome city and it just needs to be, it just needs to be 
shown liberty. That's awesome. That's awesome. Now, I saw on your website uh, earlier today that one of the things that you are actually working on is getting rid of the mask mandate. Yes. Um, and I, I am all for getting rid of mask mandates. Yeah. Um, 100% not a fan of them. If you want to wear masks, do it. And if not, um, how big of a hurdle do you think that's going to be to do? Like I how, think... how entrenched is it in Chattanooga right now? Well, right now we have our mask mandate that was extended through March 31st. Um, the biggest thing is that we have people that feel like if you don't wear a mask that you don't care about people and there are people that are you have to wear a mask um so those are it's it's really getting rid of that binary i don't care about people because i choose to allow someone not to wear a mask i mean it's that's that's not the case at all it's the the virus is very real and we have to focus on the virus instead of oh, that person's wearing a mask and that person's not, they don't care about you. Right, 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 right. Let, be, let people be free to make their own, their own choices and, and, and all of that. So you've, you have an incredible team around you. Some of my favorite people in Tennessee, who like you, I'll be seeing uh, this weekend uh, in, uh, at the Libertarian Party convention, uh, Libertarian Party of Tennessee convention in, uh, in Lebanon. Uh, on Saturday and this coming Saturday and Sunday, what is you know? Tell us about some of the people on your team and uh, and how they've been helpful in this. Because one thing I've learned in doing my show, Culture Winning, and talking to libertarians who have won similar races across the country, is that they are only as strong as the team and the people that are behind them. Tell us a little bit about your team. So I've got some awesome people on my team. Um, I've got Ryan Jenkins. Um, he is actually 13 and does his own podcast. Um, he knows more about politics than anybody that I know. Um, yeah. I also have Angela Pence, who has been an, who has phenomenal um, planning strategies. And I, I think even, even through some of your events, Spike, she was there for yeah. at least three of them. Yep. And I mean, I've got, I've got the whole Hamilton County Libertarian Party standing behind me. Uh, David Tyler is awesome with some of the um, the financials. Uh, we've got an excellent team here in Tennessee, and even across Tennessee, I've got I've got Dave Jones who has been awesome promoting me. Um, his we've got Keith McQuarrie who's let me use his studio. This team is just awesome, and it really is about the people. Uh, this group of people has been surrounding me so much in the past year and growing me. So I really appreciate them. Yeah, no, they're, they're really, really cool people. And, uh, you, you have, like I said, your team can, can, a team can take you a lot further than any individual candidate themselves can go. It's, it's you as the candidate that does the inspiration of, and it speaks to you as a candidate for that many people to be coming on and, and being a solid part of your team. But it is that team that will propel you to, to, to greatness. So that's, that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, I, you know, growing, like not growing up, living in Tennessee for a good portion of my adult life. Um, I am, I, I am a uh, huge fan of all things Tennessee and I didn't get into the Libertarian Party until after Tennessee, but the people that uh, I've met from the Tennessee Libertarian Party are absolutely wonderful. 
Um, every one of them is a great person. Well, I don't know why that's... I just keep going. I don't know why that's happening. Okay. Yeah, all of a sudden, they are just like, face. Um, there we go. But... Um, no, this, the people that you've surrounded yourself with sound like you have picked just a wonderful team and uh, honestly... If I was going to be picking a team in Tennessee, you named like everybody I would have on it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, they're, they're amazing. So Angela, uh, sorry, uh, Rachel, <laughs> Angela's friend, Rachel, cause Angela's on your team. Uh, Rachel talk, talk to us about how people can help you. So they want to help you get into, uh, Chattanooga city council and the district three running against this, uh, previously unopposed person, uh, who you are going to stomp in the in the in the in the race how can people help you where can they find you you know tell us all your all your all your points of contact and all the way people can reach you you can reach me on facebook at rachel t district three that's r-a-c-h-a-e-l um and on my website rachel t district three.com um, if you want to volunteer we need people for early voting which is going on right now um through through February 25th, we have early voting, and then March 2nd is election day. So, let me know if you want to volunteer, and oh, that's I can coming up get like you real soon. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So let me oh, know if yeah, you want to okay. volunteer, and I will get you. I'll get you in a place to volunteer. Okay, everyone, go and help Rachel right now because it's her race is in <laughs> two weeks. weeks. <laughs> yeah, her race is in, is in three two three weeks. Yeah, go two, do the go help her now. She, yeah, she doesn't have she doesn't have till November. Go now. Go everyone. I mean, watch the end of this show to the end and then go and help her and then go to bed. Whatever um, whatever device you are watching on, continue watching on. Grab one of your other devices. Get another and device. Donate on that device. Keep listening to us, but go donate and sign up to volunteer on device number two. Then circle back to to our we're circling back now. Circle back here to our show. That you never actually left, Rachel. <laughs> what? It, before we let you go, thank you so much for coming on. Before we let you go, it, what's? What, do you have any final thing that you want to tell the, the the all the our lovely viewing audience at home? The biggest thing I want to say is that we're all essential. The I I want to make sure that everyone knows that it's not about what the government says about you. It's we're all in this together. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Beautiful. Well said, Rachel. Rachel, uh, Rachel T for District Three, and uh, go find her on. All, would I say something wrong? It's Rachel T District Three. Rachel T District Three. dot com, and go find her all on all social media as well. And uh, Rachel, thanks again so much for coming on, and uh, good good luck, and I'll see you in a, in a few days. All right, thank you. I'll see you in just. <laughs> In just like four sleeps. <laughs> so just uh, four, four quick sleeps. Just four quick sleeps before spike in Tennessee day. Um, so folks, uh, that was great. Uh, Rachel T District Three dot com. Uh, if you want to help her, I, I think she's gonna she's gonna be great in that race. We are going to have a very short intermission while we go connect on the other thing that isn't as buggy <laughs> as this one. And uh, we're going to have a really short intermission and we will talk to you in, I think, like a minute and a half. So we'll see you soon. Pop it.
Mr. Ponton, I believe you have a filter turned on in the video settings. Uh, you might want to. Uh, uh, take, take we're trying look. to. We're tr- can you hear me, Judge? I can hear you. I think it's a filter. It, in the- it is, and I don't know how to remove it. I've got my assistant here. She's trying to, but uh, I'm prepared to go forward with it. That's, I'm here live. It's not, I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. I can I can I can see that. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. Filter, filter, filter. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. I I I can I can see that. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. I'm not a cat. Wait, he's not a cat. (laughs) Never has been. Wait, hi. I don't know what just happened. I don't know what happens there. Welcome back. (laughs) Yeah, welcome. What the hell just happened? Well, welcome hey back to the muddied waters of freedom with me, guy on left, Matt right, and Spike. I'm not coming up with another nickname today, Cohen. Um, oh, here I did. Okay, I see what I did. Okay. Um, everybody there give it up go. for Rachel, Rachel Torrance. That was yeah. That was she was great. That was a great guest. No, yeah, I did not realize that her race was coming up that quickly. Um, no, I'm glad we had her on because I had no idea. And I don't what the, what did I do to me? <laughs> I don't know what you did. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Yeah, no, hey. she was a great guest. And I'm glad that no, we were able to guest. get her on in time to, to have a race in two weeks. Um, so that, that, that's a no wonder only 2000 people vote in her area because no one knows when it is. They just like, right. oh, tomorrow we're voting <laughs> for what? So. Uh, well, folks, without any further ado, it's time for our next segment, which is, of course, the Black Cold Brewed Caffeinated Rapid Fire segment brought to you by Black Cold Brewed Organic Coffee, spelled B-L-V-C-K, because uh, no, it's, uh, nothing matters anymore. You can say whatever you, you can just spell things however the hell you want. It's 2021. Nothing matters. Uh, go to b- blackbrews.com, B-L-V-C-K-brews.com to have the most delicious cold brewed organic coffee to ever be horrifically misspelled uh be sure to use code mw for free shipping and speaking of free shipping matt thankfully well it's not really a thankfully speaking of free shipping donald trump got a free shipping to being able to run again Yes, he did. Uh, He survived his second impeachment conviction hearing uh, with a vote of 57 to 43 to convict, which means that seven Republicans voted to convict. And that included Richard Richard Burr of North Carolina, Bill Cassidy of Louisiana, Susan Collins of Maine, Lisa Murkowski of Alaska, Mitt Romney of Utah, Ben Sass of Nebraska and Pat Toomey of Pennsylvania. Um, Two of those surprised, surprised me. Yeah. I was surprised by Burr 
Yeah. And Cass. Well, no, actually, well, no, I I would say Toomey, but Toomey's actually been pretty anti-Trump since the election. So uh, I I think R- uh, Burr and Cassidy somewhat surprised those, me. Those, those the, were the two that kind of. Yeah, the re- the rest of them, and maybe Toomey. Even I I was I fully expected. Now again, as I noted on Kennedy, not name dropping or anything. I go on Kennedy sometimes. As I mentioned there, uh, if the Democrats I'm actually pick that up for you, hang on. Here, yeah, here's it. As a, on Kennedy, I, uh, I, as I noted uh, on Kennedy, um, the if the Democrats in Congress really wanted to get rid of Donald Trump, they would uh, pass the censure measure that is in, uh, in invoking uh, Section Three of the Fourteenth Amendment. Uh, which says that anyone who uh, it, uh, gave comfort to the enemy, and that is decided by Congress, just like the impeachment uh, with high crimes and misdemeanors, they can decide what is giving comfort to the enemy, makes them ineligible to run. And the only way that that can be overturned is with a two-thirds vote. That could be passed with a simple majority, but it can only be overturned with the two-thirds vote, and uh, that would have rendered uh, Trump uh, ineligible to run. The fact that they didn't do that and that instead they went through with this, knowing full well. In fact, that was a high. 57 was much more than I honestly expected. I thought it would yeah. be 54 or 55. So the fact that even that they still didn't come. I mean, they were seven. Uh, no. Ten. Nine senators away from ten, being ten able senators. to. Ten senators away. Ten senators from away. Oh, yeah. 67. That they were 10 senators away from from being able to convict Trump and and and, and make him ineligible again. They knew it wasn't going to happen. They wanted to continue to create this divide. They wanted to make sure that he can run again because they need him as their boogeyman for their endless good cop, bad cop routine. Just like the Republicans needed Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, and they'll need Joe Biden for this next one, or, or Kamala Harris if Joe Biden isn't president anymore. Uh, this, you know, uh, th- this is a. You know, this they need each other because why the hell else would you vote Republican or Democrat if it wasn't for fear of the Democrat or the Republican? So um, it's the theater we expected. Do you think Trump runs again? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He's doing all this stuff. It's now if he doesn't, I'm not going to be shocked uh, because he is an old he is he is an old man and he may find an heir apparent, either an actual heir or, you know, just someone who's going to take the Trump America first uh, uh, um, mantle and run with it. Uh, but I, I honestly see um, I honestly <laughs> see nope, I honestly I honestly see Trump uh, running again. He's doing all the stuff you would do if you were going to run again. Almost. We, we uh, so I, I do. Oh, oh, no, not quite. But we we uh, anyone listening to this is going to be not yeah, anybody clue. who's listening on anchor is going to be like, what what is what happening? in the hell is going on right now? But Why no, I, I, I do think I do. I think it's like sixty five thirty five that he runs again, um, yeah. which is what the Democrats want. They are intentionally whipping him up uh, to, to run again and uh, and and run a, another Biden v Trump race which democrats think that the win and republicans think will keep their splintering base in line to vote for him just to stop Biden and to and to you know vote for for maga nation or whatever so i i you know i i think it's going exactly how we expected and speaking of going exactly how we expected Andrew Cuomo's basically murdering people and 
covering it up, Matt. Yeah. Uh, since March, Andrew Cuomo has killed more New Yorkers than bin Laden. Um, in a, in a moment of tone deafness, um, tone deafness, tone deafness, tone deafness, tone deafness. I made that joke. Um, also, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Cuomo's secretary, <laughs> Melissa DeRosa, uh, I mean, technically it's not a joke. That's why I went. I mean, it, it's factual. I mean, it is, it is a factual thing. He has murdered more people, more New Yorkers <laughs> than bin Laden did. Um, but uh, she apologized to Democratic lawmakers for withholding the state's nursing home death toll from COVID-19 because they feared that the real numbers would be used against them by federal prosecutors which would have probably been true had Trump won yeah well so here's the thing she didn't withhold it from us the public which would be bad enough she withheld it from they withheld it from the federal government. They committed fraud against the federal government. You know that thing where like if you like write something wrong on your tax statement or, you know, on on your application for a license, the stuff that they say can happen to you? Imagine if one of the questions is how many people died at your house? And you didn't answer that one right. If you say 13,000, you're going to prison forever. Yeah. Especially if it turns out it's way more than that. So this came as a revelation uh, to some after uh, Cuomo's mandate early in the pandemic uh, that ill-equipped nursing homes had to accept recovering COVID patients that were being discharged from hospitals, even though the elderly are among the most vulnerable, exponentially more vulnerable to the deadly disease. You know, we talk about the fact that for, you know, the overall public, the fatality rate is somewhere around 1%. It's as high as maybe 2%. It's as low as maybe 0.3 or 0.6%. It's kind of all over the place there, but it's around 1%. When it's nursing home residents, you're in the double digits. It's now like one out of every seven or eight people who get it are going to die because they are very old and they have multiple comorbidities, including things like existing lung problems and COPD and heart problems and, you know, uh, uh, recovering from cancer. Some of them are in essentially hospice palliative care. Like th this is, they're going to die from it. Like the, the odds of them surviving it are exponentially worse than literally everyone else. So that's where the government sent the COVID patients. Yep. And uh, when Rosa was, when DeRosa was asked uh, about why they withheld it, she said uh, they directed the department of, because when they, <laughs> hang on <laughs> i stumbled all over that sentence uh when she asked why they did it she said trump directed the department of justice to do an investigation on us uh so they decided to cover up the more than 13,000 13, seniors who died from covid and why did they lie because we weren't sure if what we were going to give to the Department of Justice or what we give to you guys and what we start saying was going to be used against us. And we weren't sure if there was going to be an investigation. She told the people who would do that.
So you know how we talk about if you get pulled over by the police? But okay, so she 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 did not tell the people that would do that. She told lawmakers. This was these were democratic lawmakers in the state of New York. These were like oh, the city these council were members. Federal- in this, these were city council members and state house and state senate state house. Oh, I don't know what New York has, but the the state law the state legislature in but the Democratic Party because later she decided get ready to do the next later she did it she wanted to apologize for you know lying but instead of apologizing to you know the families of the 13,000 this is what she said instead So we do apologize. I do understand the position that you were put in. I know that it is not fair. It was not our intention to put you in that political position with the Republicans. This was her apology. We're sorry that this might have hurt you electorally against the Republican Party. Not we're sorry that we just broke federal law and defrauded everyone involved by hiding the fact that our administration's policies were directly responsible for the deaths of 13,000 people because let's let's talk let's dive into this briefly do you remember when we were first told for the longest time oh there's a few people here with covid but it's really not that bad here do you remember that period like this was in basically this time last year so it was like from late january roughly a year ago pretty much through February, we were told, yeah, there's this one student in Boston and there's two people in California and one person in Illinois. It turned out it was spreading wildly and there was no way to track it because the CDC and the FDA weren't allowing COVID testing. And so those few cases that we knew about were people that had either been screened coming in uh, or were tested illegally and the, and the results were released to the public. Um, As it was spreading out of control, state governments were taking suspected COVID patients that were recovering and shoving them in nursing homes. The nursing homes were saying, hey, we don't have the facilities in place, the the protocols in place to protect the most vulnerable people in this country from COVID. Leave them in in ERs and emergency rooms where they do have those kinds of protocols in place, where they actually can protect the rest of the public, because that's what they deal with constantly. Hospitals that deal with things like SARS and things like that, and 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 know how to have the the toughest you know biohazard restrictions in place to make sure that the virus doesn't spread to everyone else. And the states, Washington and, and New York, the chief among them, said. Nah, we're putting them in there. So then in a, in about a roughly two-week period of time, we went from, yeah, well, there's not really a lot of people that have it here. I think we're okay to, oh, no, a bunch of people have it, and the fatality rate is like 6%. The reason the fatality rate was so high was because they were only reporting the cases in the nursing homes, and the deaths were high as a result of that. That's what led to all the panic that we're still suffering from now that created these lockdowns, that created all of this this counterintuitive garbage that has done nothing to effectively slow the spread of the virus long term. 
All of that happened because of that weird panic period in, in the beginning of March, first two or three weeks of March, where we went very quickly from, uh, there's really a few people that have it here, but we'd have to stay vigilant, to it's everywhere and people are dying and the fatality rate is as high as it is in any, in any, uh, in, in any developed country. Absent all of that bad government policy at the federal and state level, we wouldn't have had that panic. It's almost like they did it for that reason. Or they're just idiots. But they also covered it up, which tends to lend itself towards them meaning this. Or being idiots. Yeah, no, it could be. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, I was going to say, like, in all honesty, that's a coin flip. I'm not sure which one it is. It could definitely be either one of those two things. It's it's certainly not stopping them. I mean, they just could be. They could just be purely idiotic and evil together. Like a, like a weird, like a special combination of of of, of stupid and evil. And, and and the thing is, right. they are even if it's because of stupidity and and ineptitude, they certainly haven't uh, had any problem seizing on the panic they've created to you know to justify even more control, which they clearly used so amazingly with the control that they already had. Um, so yeah, th- but th- this is an absolute. There's no apology for the 13,000 dead because of their decisions. There's a, an apology to Democrat lawmakers because it might hurt them in elections. Who here, you know, you can put in the comments, folks, how, uh, you know, what, what are the odds uh, that this is going to lead to, you know, a massive investigation and, uh, and, and arrest? Who, who here wants to, you know, make, put, put it this way. If if uh, if you uh, think I, I heard that it- I heard I so I don't know how true this is because this was secondhand, but I heard that the uh, Department of Justice was looking into it, but then they dropped it shortly after this. You weren't supposed to say that yet. If you think, don't listen oh. to Matt. You might. <laughs> this might happen, and if you think it would happen, then. We've got a great deal for you, and I don't know if this is legal, but do it anyway. Well, you could. Uh, if you think that Andrew Cuomo is going to be criminally prosecuted for this obvious crime of fraud and kind of murder, sort of, uh, then go mass murder, uh, then donate uh, money. You can bet money on by sending it to muddywatersmedia at gmail.com. And if, if Andrew Cuomo, and you can just say, this is a bet for that Andrew Cuomo will be indicted. We are not taking bets for him not being indicted. Only for being inv- indicted. And if he is indicted and prosecuted, we will give you double your money back. That's right. So just, <laughs> we I, know, I, know, I know there's some people feeling optimistic I don't even remember what the last bet was. Didn't happen. It was equally not going to happen. What, well, but we had. Oh, if you just want to donate, so Sean Sean uh, uh, Reicher asks, what if they just want to donate? Uh, then you can donate to MuddyWatersMedia at gmail dot com on PayPal or on, on Anchor. You can go on Anchor, or you can go on Float and give us some of that crypto you've been hodling. 
So, speaking of making a donation to... Oh, gosh. Speaking of a worthy... <laughs> speaking of a so worthy a cause ago, that apparently isn't, when... uh, isn't going to happen... A couple of weeks ago, when Joe Solosky was on our show, uh, yes. we we praised collectively the way that uh, South Dakota Governor Christy Noem handled mm-hmm. COVID nineteen in her state. Did a fantastic job. Credit where it's due. In that same vein, we have to take our shots at somebody when they deserve it. So. After turning to the courts to stop voters from legalizing recreational marijuana in South Dakota, Governor Christy Nome says she will also veto any attempt by lawmakers to give voters what they've demanded in both a uh, constitutional vote in their state, as well as what they've told all of the people in their capital that they want. So basically what happened was there was a ballot initiative uh, for 2020 that was approved by 54% of voters to legalize marijuana. A, she, uh, uh, her administration sued, said that it was unconstitutional. She got a judge uh, to, uh, to rule it out, to rule it unconstitutional and throw it out. Now she's saying if lawmakers... Uh, try to do a similar thing that she'll veto it, which means they'll have to have veto proof uh, legislate. They'll have to have a veto proof uh, uh, margin to be able to overturn her veto, which is probably not going to happen. Um, she also, in addition to that, she uh, she uh, also is is pushing to try to indefinitely delay their medical marijuana program that's already been approved. She's she's a drug warrior. She's bought into the hype about, you know, oh, weeds, the devil's lettuce and it's going to kill you. And uh, and it's you know, it's going to uh, you know, you're going to get on worse drugs by starting with weed or whatever. And, um, you know, th- this the, the woman who we have been praising for saying that she trusts the voters of her state, the people of her state uh, to make uh, smart decisions for themselves when it comes to their health is now saying no, not so much. Not she trusts them when it comes to a pandemic, but not whether or not they're allowed to put a plant in to consume a plant, smoke it or eat it or or, or consume it in some other way. That's right. Now a couple of uh, a couple of stats from uh, South Dakota um, from 2009 to 2018. 31,883 people were arrested for marijuana in South Dakota, 95% of them for possession offenses. Uh, In 2018, roughly one out of every 10 arrests in South Dakota was for marijuana. Um, From 2007 to 2018. Wait, one out of every 10 arrests of... Wait, one out of every 10 arrests for anything in South Dakota? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I didn't mean to. Jeez, go ahead. (laughs) Uh, Marijuana arrests in South Dakota increased by 166% from 15,600 in 2007 to 4,218 in 2018. Gosh. Now, we all know the reason why that happens, and it's uh, called fundraising. Um, Yeah. 
on average, the arrest rates for Native Americans and Black South Dakotans has been over five times higher than for whites for the 10-year period from 2007 to 2018, 2007 to 2018. Yep. And even though we know, like, I don't know specifically for South Dakota, but nationwide, we know that uh, the, uh, we know that usage rates of, of marijuana are roughly equal between different races. There are some slight uh, uh, increases and decreases from from racial demographic to racial demographic, but a lot of those are actually more tied to uh, rural versus suburban versus urban living uh, and also poverty levels. Uh, South Dakota is almost entirely rural, uh, meaning that they're probably very similar. There would be no reason other than the reasons for all of the different race, uh, the racial discrepancies and arrest rates uh, that it would be 500% higher. Um, 98% of marijuana violations in South Dakota from 2007 to 2016 were standalone offenses, meaning the individual was not charged with any other crime. In addition, 99.1% of marijuana arrests um, ended with no weapons being seized by the police. And based on the percentage of arrests made for marijuana compared to the overall law enforcement costs for South Dakota, the report estimates that each marijuana arrest costs the state approximately $4,000. So this cost $8 million, roughly $8 million per year, or going up to $8 million per year to put people, not to mention the opportunity cost of losing people that otherwise could be earning an income and, and, you know, generating, uh, you know, money for the economy and paying tax revenues and all that stuff, just the cost of, of, of putting them in jail and, and prosecuting them and everything else, $4,000 per you're spending $8 million a year in a very small state to stop people from competing for big pharma for things like pain management and, uh, and even just recreational use. Uh, it's absurd, um, this is exactly, you know, when people talk about, oh, well, you know, the Republicans are closer to libertarian on some issues. Yeah, sure. On taxes, yeah. sort of maybe on spending, not anymore. It depends. It not, depends. Yeah. I was, yeah. I was going to say on taxes, it depends because when it comes to spending Republicans, they will quickly jump out in support of law enforcement, military. We need yeah. to make sure that they are the first to go with the roads argument. Yeah. You drive on yeah. the roads, you need the roads. How else are you going to be? Who's going to build the roads? As though, yeah. you know, there weren't roads before the income tax. Um, yeah. But Republicans are quick to go there. So as as times, like as, since I've become a libertarian, Republicans are less and less like libertarians. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, and it's and it's it's yeah. it's the case with Democrats as well. You know, we get people saying, well, the Democrats agree with you on the war on drugs and immigration and, and the wars. And I'm like, mm, not always. And then there's all not that really. other stuff that they disagree with us on. You know, the reality is broken clocks are right as often as twice a day. Well, they should, should be at least twice a day. Um, that's really what we have with Republicans and Democrats. They are broken clocks that are occasionally right. But most the vast majority of the time, they are absolutely wrong. And uh, and this is another example of it. I mean, she literally said the reason why we're not going to implement these lockdowns and mask mandates and everything else uh, is because I can trust the people of my state, but not with a plant. So now, but thankfully, not with, but not with weed. 
But here's, we, you know, you want to talk about trust. We trust you so much that we have a segment where we let you leave messages for us. And sometimes we don't even listen to them ahead of time. And we play them live for the first time. Not Matt usually plays them first. But, but not always. Sometimes, sometimes we don't. And every once in a while, we regret that. But that's how much we love and trust you. And so that is what we call this segment, which is the personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment. And if you go to anchor.fm.com slash, no, anchor.fm, that's no, not .fm.com, anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters, uh, you can uh, listen to all of our episodes uh, on uh, by podcast. You can also leave messages for us uh, by pressing the message button, and we will play them right here during this segment every single week. Uh, you can also make a donation to us. There is a link there that you can donate money, actual money, directly to me and Matt. Now, you do not have to make a donation for us to we listen to or play. We did not play our new sponsor. This episode is brought to you. <laughs> Gosh, I don't even know if I have. Here, we'll go. We're going to do the sponsor. We're going to circle back to that sponsor after this segment. We're and then from then on, the segment, the, the, the sponsor will be at the beginning. But yeah. Uh, so yeah, you, you make a donation. Uh, you do not have to make a donation for us to play your message uh, or answer it, but we will like you more. So without further ado, here is our first question from Luke. Hey, Spike and Matt. This is Luke. I have two questions for you. One of them is a joke. The other one is very serious. Uh, the first question will be the joke question. What is your favorite dinosaur? I want to hear from both Spike and the other guy. And uh, second question, are birds real? That is all. Thank you, guys. So... What's what's your favorite um, what's your favorite uh, dinosaur? Uh, the pterodactyl has always been my favorite. But I that like was the because one that... of the uh, the the Dinobots from Transformers. The pterodactyl was my favorite. I think his name was Grimlock. It's been a long time. I'm trying to think who my favorite was. Um... I mean Optimus Prime really. Oh dinosaurs. Um uh my favorite <laughs> It's been a long day folks. Um who is my favorite dinosaur? Or what is my favorite? I guess who it's relative. Um my Jeff. favorite Jeff the dinosaur. Yeah, Jeff the dinosaur. Um my favorite dinosaur I think would have to be um, you know, it's, it's easy to say the T-Rex. Actually, my favorite dinosaur is whatever that thing was they made in, uh, in, uh, in the, the newer, uh, Jurassic Park installments where it was like some kind of hybrid dinosaur. No, my favorite one, my favorite dinosaur is whatever ate that thing at the end of the first Jurassic Park what is the new Jurassic Park series called? It's not, I keep wanting to say A New Hope, but that's Lost definitely World. not it. Jurassic, Jurassic World. The Jurassic, Jurassic World, World 
Yeah, That's Jurassic cool. World, that thing at the end that the T-Rex and the, the, the uh, Velociraptor team up to push the bad thing that they made into swoop. the... Swoop was the Transformer pterodactyl. Not Grimlock. Grimlock swoop. was the T-Rex. Somebody's 13-year-old was right. I actually like the, the tape cassette. The one that would... I think that was Soundwave. Was the cassette sound wave? I, I know that there was the actual player. Oh, the cassette. The actual yeah, the, the thing the that... little dog cassette. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what that I don't I don't know what that was. That might be my favorite dinosaur. Birds are not real. No. Somebody said mixtape asaurus. Um yeah, birds aren't real. Oh, are we doing well we'll do that at the end. We'll do a mixtape uh clue. Trust me, there are questions. Are there? Oh, okay. Never mind. Um, yeah, okay, cool. So here is our next question. But yes, no, birds are not real. Um, next question from Patricia. Good evening, guy on left and Spike, who's never going to give us the mixtape, Cohen. This is Pat Dixon. I'm starting to think that the whole reason... Spike is holding out is to one-up Matt Hicks and the infamous hot dog story. Please give us oh. the mixtape, Spike. Thank you kindly. Okay, so, so I'm going this is, this is find Spike's mixtape. This is a little-known fact. Um, Spike's mixtape was released a few years ago. Uh, Martin Shkreli owns it. So, and he's never going to release it along with the Wu-Tang album. So you have Spike Cohen's mixtape next to the Wu-Tang album. So it was actually somewhere. seized by the feds. Um, right. So, so the government so it's actually really their fault. Spike Cohen's mixtape. The federal government will probably never release it because uh, they don't want to deal with the fire that they'll spread. Because it's fire. No, uh, what's a clue about my mixtape? It's called Spike Cohen Mixtape. Like, there have been all these deep dives that people have been doing about, like, maybe it's after Jeremy Cohen, or maybe it's, uh, what were some of the other ones? Maybe it was his porn name, which I never did porn, but... If I had did a porn name, it wouldn't be under my porn name. I, I it's just it's called Spike Cohen mixtape. You're not going to find. I will eventually have to release it because I still have a copy of it. I still have like the files and everything, but you're not. It's not. They're not going to find. I mean, good luck. It's, I guess it's not impossible that you find it, but it's you're not going to find it. Um. But so, yeah, no, so in looking to help narrow it down, it's just called Spike Cohen Mixtape. So hopefully that helps. Um, here is the next question from Adam. Hey, Matt and Guy on right. This is Adam from Missouri calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call-in moment. And my question for you is a bit of a complex one. 
one of the biggest issues I've noticed with the uh, with libertarians in general is um, being able to converse about controversial topics. I've noticed they tend to devolve into very unproductive arguments where everyone leaves angry. My question is, what would you recommend people do to help improve themselves on this issue? And how would you recommend people try to help others improve on this issue? Thank you and have a great day. That's a really good question. Do you have any thoughts on this? I, I obviously have some thoughts on this, but what? Right. Um, and for anybody who uh, knows me knows that I'm really not the right person to answer this question. Um, <laughs> but but uh, honestly, how people can... When people are debating, especially when they're debating other libertarians, um, we've talked about this a couple of times on the show, and a lot of it comes down to uh, definitions and communication. Um, yeah. So what you have to understand, I mean, there are certain things. I don't, definitions, it doesn't really matter what your definitions are. AOC is a liar. Um, but no matter... <laughs> But no, like, no matter what, when you're coming down to certain definitions, like capitalism is a big one. Capitalism is a yep. big one between the right libertarians and left libertarians. Um, you have to come from a point of say, being able to say, what if I'm wrong? What if the way that I have been defining this word is wrong? Instead of going in uh bombastically full full-fledged thinking i am right about every single thing here you have to be able to take a step back and say what if i'm wrong about one thing here because that will open it up where you are able to learn and where you are going to be able to be a better listener in those yeah. situations yeah what if i'm wrong or even what if i'm right and we're just using two different sets of definite. That's a big one in the libertarian world. Like, uh, right. But that's why I said, what if I'm wrong about this definition? Oh, oh, or, about the definition. Yeah. What if I'm wrong about my, my actual right. beliefs? I might, I might actually learn something in this conversation. And also what if I'm wrong in what, what I'm applying? I rarely say the word capitalism anymore. And here's why capitalism is a term that was coined by Marxists to describe the system that we have right now. Libertarian capitalists and, and laissez-faire, you know, people decided to rebrand the term as what we describe, which is a free market system that doesn't exist. So if it was defined by Marxists and the thing we describe it as doesn't exist, but what does exist is the thing that was defined by Marxists, which they call capitalism and which is generally understood by most people to be capitalism. I'm not saying you can't say you support free market capitalism. I still consider myself an anarcho-capitalist. It just means that for most people, that's not what it means to them. So if someone comes to you and says capitalism's the problem, I guarantee freaking to you that they're not saying that what you want to have is the problem. So if you're already going to start arguing with them by going, we don't have capitalism, you're not a lot different than the people who say that wasn't real communism. No, it, it wasn't real communism because real communism 
It's a pipe dream. Real communism is the idea that after the implementation of a state of the proletariat, that it will eventually devolve into, it will it'll eventually, or evolve, and, 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 and break down into a stateless society with no hierarchies. Anarchy. That's what they call real communism. But they often get stuck with having to defend actual communism that actually happened. And they go, well, that wasn't real communism. And we go, ha, it wasn't real communism, huh? And then someone says, yeah, this capitalism sucks. We go, this isn't real capitalism. We're doing the same thing. Like, we don't have to be married to our definitions. And, and you know, so that's that's a big right. part of it. And then I guess one final thing is just... We, we, so... No, go ahead. I was going to say, so... What what a lot of people on the right, or sorry, what a lot of people on the left consider capitalism. A lot of people who consider themselves capitalists, we call it, you know, crony corporatism or corporatism or, you know, right. crony capitalism, cronyism. Like we we throw in the crony on top of it to be like, no, that's different. That's not that's not what we're about. That that's cronyism. That's crony capitalism. That's you know whatever. Um, and. By throwing on that extra, we think that we're differentiating where the people on the opposite side, especially the left libertarians, they don't see that. They're like capitalism is capitalism because that's what's going to happen. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. And, and you know, we we would do well to speak to people about definitions to find out that we often agree in principle on the terms. Now, uh, Justico Mitchell uh, in the comments says anarchy is a means to an end for Marxists, not the end. Actually, no, for for straight up, not Marxist, Leninists or Stalinists or Maoists or Dengists or anything like that. But for straight up, like, you know, old school Marxists, no, the end to them is what they call anarchy, which is not just the elimination of unnatural hierarchies like uh, like the government and things like that, the state, but also the elimination of what they think to be uh, all un- all hierarchies being unnatural. Um, now, we as right-leaning anarchists would say, no, there are some hierarchies that are natural. Uh, if I uh, hire you to do something and I say, I'm paying you, but I need you to do this one thing for me, to th- whatever extent you're doing something for me in exchange for compensation, there's a level of hierarchy. There's a hierarchy that comes from, right. you know, trusting people to be experts on something and 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 deferring to them on, on things, but choosing to defer to them. So what's important to us isn't removing all hierarchy, it's removing the coercion and allowing hierarchy to naturally rise and naturally be created in a much more decentralized way and based on actual merit and value rather than, you know, I, I'm going to point a gun at you and, and force you into my hierarchy or, or use the state or use some kind of coercive mechanisms to force you into it. But no, they, they want what they call anarchy as well, um, which is another perfect example of definitions. We can often talk to each other. And even if we don't walk away agreeing 100 uh, percent, we can uh, walk away realizing, wow, I agree with this person a lot more than I did before. The other and, and part of that, what what leans into that is. Talk to the other person as though you actually want to hear what they have to say instead of have a debate and an argument with them. Even if they're trying to still have that argument with you, you don't have to match their energy. You can say to them, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, okay, that's interesting. What do you think about that? Two things happen. Number one, you're finding out what they actually think. And number two, they in the back of their head are realizing, 
wow, this person actually wants to have a conversation with me. They're not, you know, I can put, I can put my dukes down and we can actually have a talk and a, and a, 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 a good faith flowing of ideas between each other. That will go so much further, not just in the libertarian world, but, but in everything that we do. Approaching people as people who have, who have at least a valid, uh, potential valid points to make and that you might be missing out by fighting them instead of listening to them. And, and, and hopefully they can get their dukes down so that now they're not missing out on what you can, you can share with them. So that, that's the answer to that. Um, uh, let's see here. Someone asked, how is mixtape pronounced? I can't find it anymore. It's just mixtape, M-I-X-T-A-P. It's just mixtape. Um, yeah, kill them with kindness, Elizabeth. How is it pronounced? Um, yeah, he was, well, oh, I guess, no, he was saying, how is it spelled? It's just mixtape. Oh, yeah, not pronounced. How was it, it spelled? M I X T A P. It's just mixtape. Um, so here's the next one from uh, Adam. Uh, next question from Adam. Hey, Spike and Guy on left. This is Adam from Missouri calling in on the Chris Reynolds personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds attorney at law anchor call in moment. And what I've got for you this time is something I've noticed is. People on both the left and the right are pushing to bring in more freedom-minded and younger people into their respective parties in an attempt to reform them from the inside. Now, I can see how this could potentially work. However, I'm going to keep my personal opinions out of this one. What I want to know is what's your guys' opinions on this, and how do you believe the uh, libertarians should respond? Um, shalom, shalom. Have a blessed day, my friends. Shalom. So, so I, um, for a very brief stint in time, uh, worked for the Republican Liberty Caucus, which was a caucus for the Republicans that was attempting to bring liberty-minded people into the Libertarian Party. Um, this is what I've learned from them, and I feel as though it isn't much different on the Democrats, if at all. Uh, people will run as liberty candidates. Um, yep. A good example of this would be Oh God, the woman from your state. She was a big Nikki Haley. Now she's against him. Nikki, Nikki Haley. Haley. Um, yeah. Nikki. Gosh, Haley. that's so long Good ago. Example. Yeah, she, she ran, ran as like a libertarian-minded. Yeah, I forgot all about that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, she ran yeah. as like a Ron Paulite. Yeah. Um, but they run as these liberty-minded candidates, and then they get in, and once they're inside, either the top brass in the parties are like hey you have to vote with us whenever you know whenever we vote and you end up just becoming one of them or they primary you and you get kicked out obvious few examples few few exceptions being like justin mash who he ended up leaving and he uh, ended up leaving from yeah the house right and thomas massey yeah but if you yeah. take a look at say if you take a look at say Oh, somebody from Kentucky, maybe Rand. Uh, he started out as, you know, Ron Paul. He was the second coming, you know, of Ron he Paul. He was going to be Ron, Ron Paul on, uh, in the about. Senate. Yeah. Yep. And after four years of Trump, 
he, he's better than most senators, but not by much. Not by much. And honestly, I think it's offset by the fact that he's putting the libertarian brand on that stuff he does. So the libertarian right. brand, there are so many times when I'll I, say I libertarian. There are times that people will say, or I'll say I'm a libertarian and people go, oh, like Rand Paul. And I'm like, nope, like a libertarian. Here's what libertarians think. And they'll say, oh, but Rand Paul. I'm like, I'm not Rand Paul. Rand Paul is a Republican. He describes himself as a constitutionalist conservative. He is not a libertarian. And he has taken that mantle of libertarianism and used it to describe Trumpism with a little liberty flair at the end. But the liberty flair is just mostly rhetoric, right? Like he introduces the Breonna Taylor Act, which is a great or justice for Breonna Taylor Act. It's a great thing. It ends no-knock raids. It had 0% chance of passing. It did not pass and never will pass. Uh, or at least under Republicans and Democrats, it won't pass. But then what he does is he'll turn around and vote for these absurd budgets that, you know, give, you know, trillions of dollars in, in additional deficit spending, which he said he wouldn't do. Then he will vote for, uh, you know, terrible appointees to the, uh, you know, to uh, uh, intelligence, uh, director of intelligence, to State Department, to Defense Department, as long as it's a Republican doing it. Then he will meet with Donald Trump and go, I just talked to Donald Trump and he thought he's going to end the wars. Yay, liberty. And then Trump doesn't do anything. But then Trump gets to turn around and say, yeah, I'm somewhat libertarian. Rand Paul likes me. So, yeah, I'd say his his slightly better voting record um, is offset by the fact that he is assigning he's the most prominent person in politics who calls himself a libertarian. And he's also the literal heir of Ron Paul. And it's just very disappointing. It, it is extremely disappointing. So you can either go that way. Or uh, an equivalent in in the uh, in the in on the Democratic side is AOC. AOC talks a great game about a lot of stuff, even a liberty-minded game on certain things, uh, especially when it comes to wars and, and and decriminalization and and you know the the war on war on uh, uh, the war on people, the war on drugs, and all this stuff. Then she votes for it. She was one of the yeah, most outspoken about this stimulus bill. Then she voted for it. So there's one yeah, of two she, things that you can do is you can she, she and Trump, go with a program or you can get kicked out. Go ahead. Uh, she she and Trump were on two opposite sides. Both of them yeah. were saying. Both of them were saying, oh, we shouldn't pass this bill because of reasons. And. Same, same reasons for both, I think it, they didn't have time to read it. It's a terrible bill. We don't know what's in yep. it. You know, all that. Yeah. Yep. Both yep. she and Trump. Well, she voted for it. Trump signed it. Trump signed it and then and then pulled this thing of saying, oh, well, I'm going to I'm going to send back my recommendations for changes, which do nothing because if they decide not to, it, it goes as is. And the worst I can do is embark is, is keep it from being implemented for 30 days. And I'm not even going to be president for that long. Right. And people went, he pocket vetoed. No, he didn't. There is no such thing as a pocket veto or a line item veto. He didn't do it. Well, actually, there is a pocket veto that's refusing to sign it. He didn't do that. He signed it. He literally signed it. She literally voted for it. You're never going to be able to change the Republican or Democrat parties from the inside because they are one party. They are the Republican machine that has been built for the benefit of a small handful of incredibly powerful crony corporates, corporations and, and multi-billionaires who use 
these two parties and the good cop, bad cop routine that they've created to rob Americans of having a viable option away from the, the theft that they're being imposed, that's being imposed upon them by those powerful people and the clowns they put in office. There is no changing that system. You have to replace them with people who aren't going to do that and who want to not only just replace them in office, but actually dismantle that entire system. So um, here is the next question from Will. Will McElveen here on the Chris Reynolds personal personal injury attorney, attorney at law, anchor call-in moment, as Laser Legend would say, TM. Got a question for you all on speed limits. Is it just me or is speed li- or are speed limits just arbitrary? Like, I should be able to go as fast as I want as long as I'm not endangering people. I mean, come on now. It's just bullshit. Second question, Spike, I'm more than willing to come to your house and rifle through your CD collection so I can find this mixtape. I feel like we need to have this mixtape. Anyway, you know how I feel about y'all. I love y'all. And hashtag guy on fine. There is no fit. So, yeah, oh, I love Will. Um, so everyone, this is – there was a, both a CD and cassette of the mixtape. There were actually multiple CDs and cassettes because all the tracks couldn't fit on just one. Those are all gone. Those were all of – not sure why. All of my cars get totaled eventually, either by me or someone else. It's just what happens. And uh, I, I'm, I keep my cars until they get totaled, and then I get a new one, usually often by someone else. But uh, the, uh, I had a, a, a CD and I had a cassette because the CD changer in my, was it the Mark 8 or the town car? One of my cars stopped working, so I also, so I actually made, I actually recorded a cassette from, recorded cassettes from the CDs. So, because the CD changer stopped working. So that existed. It does. That there is no none of those exist anymore. They they don't. I have the I have the actual files on both my phone and my computer. So it's not. There's nothing to rifle through. It's not lost, and it is somewhere online. So if this CD is so fire, is there a chance that this CD totaled your car? There is a not zero percent chance that that's <laughs> that listen that it was Somebody so good said. that listening to it I got distracted from driving. There may have been other things that Jessica also distracted. Said, Jessica Mitchell said, "Spike, what's your social? I need to find your mixtape." <laughs> Do you need my credit card number too? That'll probably help. Um, right. yeah, no, it's, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's really, it's, it's, I just want to say, I said from the beginning, I'm like, you're not going to find my mixtape. I was like, we're going to find it. It's, it's, it's not like, it's not cryptic. If you can find it, it's going to be very easy. Like it says mixtape here. I'll show here. It's called Spike Cohen mixtape. Here's here, so here's a little now as far um, as speed limits go. 
Oh as yeah, you speed talk limits about speed. go. Well, I I agree with you. I don't think that uh, speed limits are necessary or should be a thing. Um, to which oftentimes people will say, "What about in the school zones or residential areas where kids are?" And I'm my answer is the same. It, no, they shouldn't exist. Uh, you speeding isn't breaking any real law. It's just a law that they've created for revenue. Uh, but if you hit somebody while doing 65 in a school zone, then yeah, you should probably be punished for uh, manslaughter or murder. Uh, that's just my personal thought on it. Um, it's just revenue. It's just, it's, it's like a point of, like when they were talking about making the DUI limit 0.05 nationwide, that was, that's just revenue building at that point. That's like, that's like you had a drink earlier on in the day or the fall or, or, or like you had a drink late at night and woke up the next morning to go to work and there's still a trace, trace amount. It's mm -hmm. revenue. It's, it's just for revenue. You're not impaired in any real way. And uh, when it comes to these speed limits. You're going 52 in a, in a 45. And? And then especially like on these highways where you'll be coming off a highway where the speed limit's 65 or 70. And then right as you're getting off, it's now immediately 40 or 45. And there are a bunch of cops there. That's not about safety because now they got everyone slamming on their brakes. That's not safe. Like the, the, it's not about safety. It's about, it's about revenue collection. So a little like there for the people that want to pretend that this mixtape is not real, I don't know why I'm fueling this fire. I feel like I should be saying, oh, no, you're right. It's not real. And then everyone would stop talking about it. But but I feel challenged because it is real um, here. Here's a here's a this is from is that going to please. Why is that not sent focusing? Well, oh, it's because it the light's shining right on it. It's your it's it's your face light is shining on it, so you can't oh. see it. Well, that's not helping. Oh, also, yeah. no, that didn't seem to make a change. Here we go. Anyway, this is like there's an actual Spike Cohen mixtape. Look, this is real. This is an actual. There isn't like it's real. This, I I listen to this on a regular. I was listening to it earlier today. It's real. And again, for five Bitcoin, I will, five Bitcoins, I will release it. Listen, for two Bitcoins, I'll release it. <laughs> anyway. I was going to give um, you three of the Bitcoins. Like. Oh, then no, do you have to, you have to give it to Matt. <laughs> give it to Matt. So, for five all right, so Bitcoins, thank you. You can have the, you can have the mixtape. For the low, low price of $250,000. You too can have the <laughs> Spike Cohen mixtape. Uh, here's the next question from, from Will. Will McElveen here with the Barcelona Minute. Just curious what y'all think is going to happen in La Liga. Barca's tied on points, if I remember correctly. Why? Real is unfortunately atop the table. I... But what do y'all think? Can Messi and the Blaugrana pull it back, or is it just, just another tropeless season? Hi. Love you guys. Also, side note, Corn Pop told me to stop telling y'all about soccer, obviously. But um, anyway, trying to think if there was anything else. I tried to leave a message earlier and it wouldn't let me. I don't know why. And I can't remember for the life of me what it was. Anyway, hashtag guy on phone. He's like the Bob Ross of leaving messages. 
Like, hey, he is. I tried leaving a message before. Um, no big deal. But I did not understand tropulous. that question fully. But I'm going to say that uh, tropulous. Yep. Um, that um, Messi and the boys will go trophyless this year. Yeah. Tropulous. That's just my guess. Tropulous. I don't know what that is. It doesn't look like it's a real word. I like it, though. I want to make that be a word. Here's a question from Scott. Hello, guy on left and Spike. This is Scott from your favorite blue state deep in the trenches, Seattle. This will never not be funny that people are like, hey, Spike and guy on left. I just anyway, sorry. Seattle, Washington I mean, my, calling my on Twitter the Chris Reynolds attorney guy on left. I just love it. I love that it's become a I thing leaned, that it's like I just leaned into it at this point. You're now guy on left. We have we have team guy on left shirts at the store. Muddy Water store. You can go buy a team guy on left shirt. Hotline. I have a two-part question here, and feel free to answer both or none. I just recently purchased the Spike Cohen Neck Gator and the Muddied Waters Media hoodie off of the website. How do I convince my wife that the newfound attention I am receiving from both ladies and gentlemen alike is probably more closely related to Spike's face covering my face? And second question, what are the chances of us getting a drunk Matt Hicks is my spirit animal t-shirt on the website? Hashtag laser legend, hashtag spike for anything he wants to run for, hashtag free the guy on the left, hashtag wealthy for governor, Washington State. I like wealthy. I would definitely go with Anthony wealthy for governor. I I would support that ticket. Let's put the hell out of that ticket. Um, I don't know. Drunk Matt Hicks is my... Spirit animal? It's my spirit animal. I don't. I. I'm not against it. Um, I'm not against no, it. I see no problem putting. That. I have no problem we with just doing need that. Our graphics guy to put that together. I was gonna say if someone if someone wants to make a graphic for that, uh, a, a high quality graphic for that that we can be used for screen printing. I yeah, let's do it. Um, and, oh, and I mean, listen, it's not going to be hard to convince your wife when she sees the gator. She sees me doing the thing. She's going to be like, oh, I get it. I get why why the ladies and gentlemen are coming to our yard for your milkshake. Um, you know, now, it, I recommend I don't think I don't think there's going to have to be a lot of ex- explanation. When, when you're wearing the gator, what I recommend is um, tucking the head in, but trying to make it where the body is all showing. So it just looks like you have this really large head on this body doing the shirt open thing. Um, That'll get even more attention. That would be, that would get all the attention. That would, I mean, that's how I would wear it. And again, you're not going to have to explain this to your wife. It's going to be intuitive. She's going to be like, oh, okay, I get it. Uh, But thank you for calling. I think that was, I think that was Scott's first call, wasn't it? I think, I think so. Yeah. Well, thank, but thank if, you for if not, uh, visiting our uh, store and buying things. Yeah, thank you for buying our stuff. Everyone, if you want your wife to be jealous be like of Scott. you, if you like, be like Scott and make your make your spouse jealous so that they'll want to buy stuff on our store too. 
Muddy Waters Media, then you press the store button. Uh, so now we have two questions from Matt Laser Legend Hicks himself. Hey guys, this is Matt Hicks calling in on the personal injury attorney Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor calling moment TM. It's time for my serious question. So uh, I, I heard an interview that Lindsey Graham did on, um, I don't know, I think Fox News because that's where he lives basically. Yeah, Lindsey Graham. And he said Wait a second. Trump Wait. Has a... I feel personally attacked. Because I'm on wow. Fox News every week now. I'm sure you didn't mean it that way. Has a you're, you're vibrant on future in the Republican Party. What was that? You're on Kennedy. That's different. That's not like... You're not on Tucker. That's fair. No, you're right. You're right. I'm not on like the five or whatever. Okay. That's fair. Right. Vibrant future in the Republican Party. <laughs> um, I'd like to get your guys' opinion on, on how you think that shit's going to play out. Hashtag laser legend. I didn't. I, so I need to play this part again because I need to. He said, he a, said, no, you're, vibrant you're, I, future. I, I, I heard it. Saying that Lindsey Graham has a vibrant future in the Republican Party? No, Lindsey Graham said that Trump has a vibrant future in the Republican Party. And we kind of touched on this earlier. And yes, Trump does have a vibrant future in the Republican Party. Will it be Donald Trump or will it be one of the Trumps? That's also possible. Either way, Trump's... Yeah, Trump's legacy is going to be living on in the Republican Party and the Trumpites, the MAGA, the MAGA people, they're going to be lining up to vote for, you know, whether it's Don Jr. or Eric or Ivanka or Barron or even the other one whose name I don't know. Um, they'll continue to do. They, oh, they will the, yeah, absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. line yeah. up to. Um, um, but they will absolutely line up to do this and it will, it will become part of the Republican DNA essentially, I think. Um, so Lindsey Graham, Lindsey Graham is right. Yes. There is a vibrant future for Trump in the libertarian, or nope, in the Republican party. Um, <laughs> there is a vibrant future for Trump in the Republican party, but um, it's whether or not the people he has, uh, the people he had, the people he whether has it's him, lined whether up it's to... him or another Trump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I honestly think right. Donald Trump himself, if he stays in the party, will continue to be the dominant person in the party. He will probably destroy the party in the process, ensuring that he stays dominant because everyone else is going to leave and jump ship uh, to either the Democrats or form their own party or join the libertarians or some other third party or just not vote anymore because they've become totally blackpilled. Um, you know, so, but can he continue to stay dominant? Very possibly. That's very possible. Um, dominant in American politics, he'll dominate the conversation, but I don't, he's never going to get elected again. If he ran again, he's going to lose by an even wider margin. Um, it's just, it's people are souring on him and it, and it's him, you know, in this last election, Republicans did well. 
they held way more seats than they were expected to hold in the Senate because they were they were defending the 2014 landslide they had in the Senate because uh, uh, it was six years later. Um, they gained 12 seats in the House. They gained a ton of seats at the state and local level. This was a we don't want Donald Trump anymore decision. So, you know, and he could succeed in destroying the Republican Party in the process or making the Republican Party just very, very small. And and, and because the Republicrat system relies on the on the, the lesser evils thing, it, they'll have to create something else to replace it or take it over and, and keep it as a lesser evil party. But I, I really don't know what to tell you. Um, so here's our final one from uh, Matt Hicks. Hello, Gone Left and Spike. This is Matt Hicks calling in on the uh, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law, anchor call in moment, TM. Uh, I'm sure you're, stop barking. I'm sure you're well aware that um, dear, dear Miss Amy Cooper. I think it's Amy, whatever. White lady in New York who called the cops on a black guy because he was bird watching and she didn't have a dog on a leash. If you haven't talked about it yet, yeah, she had all the charges against her dropped. Kind of like to get your thoughts on that one. Yeah. Hashtag laser legend. So for anybody who doesn't know what Matt is talking about, we happen to have video of the incident we, as it We happened. do, which I am pulling up right now as we speak. Hmm. Would you please stop? They, Sir, they can hear it. Please don't come close to me. Sir, I'm asking you to stop recording. Please, please don't come close to me. Please take your phone off. Please don't come close to me. Please, please call the cops. Please call the cops. I'm going to tell them there's an African-American man threatening my life. Please tell them whatever you like. Excuse me? So she's choking the dog while she's threatening to try to have a black guy killed by the police. I'm sorry, I'm in the ramble, and there's a man, African-American, who has a bicycle helmet. He's recording me and threatening me and my dog. There is an African-American man. I am in Central Park. He is recording me and threatening myself and my dog. And my I'm sorry, I can't hear you either. I'm being threatened by a man in the room. So this happened like eight months ago. Somebody said, "Didn't this is pretty old. Yeah, it is. Uh, today, I think it was today. It was today or yesterday. All charges against her were dropped. Um, and the reason that they were dropped, according to, according to New York, uh, the reason that <laughs> even the dog hates her, um, yeah. the reason that they were dropped, uh, <laughs> according to New York is that, uh, as part of a plea deal, she went through, uh, like anger management classes and sensitivity courses and something. Um, and she, in her therapist counselor said that she learned a lot and that she the counselor doesn't believe that she is a threat or that she has any um chance of repeating i guess um now i don't think that it would have been the same outcome had roles been reversed of course yeah, so here's this is a perfect example of like when we talk about 
the disproportionate sentencing and harm and arrests that are happening for people of color and gender and sexual minorities and other marginalized people compared to the average situation that happens with white people. Again, every individual situation is different, but generally speaking, there's a, a, a easily trackable and, and, and measurable uh, worsening of, of outcomes relative to whether you're a person of color or not, whether you're poor or not, whether you're uh, you know uh, gay or trans or 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 or, or, or pangender or not, um, we're not saying that we want white people to suffer as much as people of color are. We're saying the opposite. We want when something happens with someone who isn't a white woman who apologizes afterwards and says, "Oh, so sorry," that they also get the you know don't get the the book thrown at them yes i made her did canadian. you say sorry sorry i made okay. her canadian <laughs> sorry she I'm, felt, so she sorry. Felt that I'm feeling the canadian vibe with that um we you know we want where the, we want where where the the courts go oh well did you learn your lesson did the counselor you know talk you through this and you learn your lesson? okay great then whatever because let's be clear we are talking about a woman when you say I'm going to call the police and say that an African-American gentleman is threatening my life, you are saying I'm going to bring the police here to physically harm you, possibly right. even kill you. Like that's a threat of violence. Yeah. To add a little cherry to the top of that mess, she's choking her dog. Like that dog couldn't breathe a few of those times. And she's like basically abusing the dog again. On the scale of things, the whole threatening to have a man murdered, or 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 greatly beaten and put in a cage, certainly outweighs the choking the dog. But she was also choking a dog, so it's like she's being about as much of a menace to everyone and everything around her as she could be in that moment. For anybody who doesn't know how this entire situation got started, um, gentleman, I don't, I don't know his name anymore. Yeah, I, I don't remember his name. He was uh, he was in the park uh, with a pair of binoculars, bird watching, and she was letting her dog run around uh, off the leash. And I think it was barking at him. And he said, "Hey, can you get your dog?" And then you kind of see everything that happens after that. Um, she took offense. She took offense to it, and then uh, he started recording her. She didn't like it, and. She said that uh, she called the police and said an African-American man is threatening me and my dog. An African-American man is threatening me and my, she said it like four times. She said it like three or four times. I'm being threatened by an African-American man. Now, thankfully when the police showed up, Jesse Gifford has a good point though. Birds aren't real. So what was he really doing? Um, Research Amy Cooper truth. (laughs) <laughs> no, listen, where the, uh, I, you know, thankfully, when the police showed up, they saw this for what it was. Uh, he was not charged with anything. And uh, and and, you know, and, and and she was actually charged with, you know, filing a, a false, you know, threat, threat, uh, filing a false police report. And, and I think animal cruelty. I'm not I'm honestly not sure all of the charges she had. But I mean, we we saw the stuff she could have been charged with. I'm happy that it sounds like hopefully i hope it's true that 
she's learned her lesson and will never do something like this again. I hope that's true. And I'm glad that her life has not potentially, you know, been ruined as a result, uh, 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 you know, uh, as a result of it. We want that to happen more for everyone. That's that's what we say when this is happening. Uh, uh, someone in the con- Jared said, you know, when people say, well, yeah, white people get shot by the police, too. Like, that's a good thing. People shouldn't have to worry about being shot by the police, no matter what color you are. Exactly. When we're talking about this stuff and people go, well, you know, white people get hurt by the police, too. Yeah, not not usually not yeah, proportionately that's... the same unless they're poor and then it's actually pretty close. But yeah, which is another reason to reform the police and hold them accountable and and have restorative justice instead of punitive justice. Yes, it will help everyone. It will even help comfortable suburban upper middle white women, upper middle income white women. It'll help everyone. It'll help. It'll be good for everyone. It'll be especially good for those who are the most likely to be harmed by the current system. But it, you know, it, it, it everyone will be will be helped by it. So that's what we think about it. Uh, now, thankfully, because now what we do with this show is when we talk about the worst things, we just keep saying thankfully to make it sound better. Thankfully, we have a really good topic to talk about, which is brought to you by our new sponsor, the Gravy King. So. Joe Biden uh, is um, thankfully uh, doing what we talked about 30, what, 26 episodes ago? Yeah. So 26 yeah, 30, episodes ago, 20 we, episode, yeah, yeah 20, 20, back on episode 156. Six, so six like, months ago. Yeah, like six months ago, uh, we had, uh, we talked about Joe Biden's plan for guns and it was... Spoiler alert, you want to watch that episode after this one. Go find that. But uh, spoiler alert, for anybody it that's ain't part of good. The Waters group on, anybody that's part of the uh, Muddied Waters group on Facebook, I said if you want to bone up for tomorrow's episode, listen to this episode. Because um, we're pretty much going to say the same. Many of you did. So, right, because we're going to say pretty yes. I pretty, pretty much, much just took those notes and thing. moved them. So thank you, uh, thank you for so for the boning a, that you did. Up, thank you for boning up. So as we uh, all probably know, over the weekend uh, it was the third anniversary of the Parkland shooting here in sunny Florida, um, and Joe Biden announced that because of that he wanted to <laughs> enact gun control laws to make sure that nothing like that ever happened again. Um, which, you know, it, now, a great way to make sure something never happens again is to create conditions that ensure that it happens more often. The reason that this shooting happened in Parkland was because the murderer, the shooter that went there knew that he was going to a no gun zones. You will notice that there aren't a lot of, there aren't any mass shootings at gun shows or pro second amendment events or Black Panther rallies or anywhere that has lots of people with guns, uh, uh, gun shows, uh, uh, shooting competitions, um, police departments. There's really nowhere where there's a lot of people walking around with guns. Do you ever hear or see mass shootings? Because mass shooters don't want to get shot back right away, at least. They want to kill a bunch of other people first. So they go to these fish-in-a-barrel zones, 
where they can pick people off uh, casually. Uh, and that's what happened here. Uh, and then the reason it went on as long as it did was because there was a school resource officer there. Uh, but he didn't really feel much compulsion to jump into the fire. He waited until the, the shooting was over and he waited for backup to come. So people died because they weren't able to defend themselves. And the guy who did have the gun stayed away from the gunfire because he wanted to live, turns out. Um, and so what these policies do is, and we're going to dive into the specifics, but all of these policies make it so that millions more Americans are put in a situation where they are now at the mercy of the shooter because they're unable to defend themselves by having their own weapon. They're at the mercy of the shooter and of hoping that the police, someone else, a stranger with a gun, will show up and decide to risk their life uh, to save them in time for it to actually be effective. So right. let's basically, Joe, Joe Biden said, let's honor the Parkland, the, those who died in Parkland by making more Parklands happen in the future. Right. And he really needs to get that uh, through in the next two years before there's a relatively decent chance that Republicans take back one of the chambers and then the gun right. control becomes very watered down. Yeah. Um, right. It's still going to be there. Don't, it's don't still going to be there. Wrong. It's just going to be watered down. Yeah. Right. Um, now, what he said in his statement was that he wanted to focus on three things, requiring background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons in high-capacity magazines, eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. Which is... Come on, man. Um, Come on, man. Weapons of war. You know, a medium-game hunting rifle. A weapon of war. Weapons of war on our streets. We, America is... Something. Um... He, he would also forget what he was saying. Yes. Yeah, I know. Um, that's why I like just making up the stuff that he says, because I don't even have to really think about it. It just, I can trail off. Um, exactly. Now, if you compare it to what he said during the campaign, he had eight headline policies, most of which had sub policies uh, that they wanted to include. The list of legislations are adequately fund the background check system incentivize state extreme risk or red flag laws red flag uh, laws create yeah create an effective program to ensure individuals who become prohibited from possessing firearms relinquish their weapons give states incentives to set up gun licensing programs close other loopholes in the federal background check system including boyfriend loophole uh the hate crime loophole, Charleston loophole, fugitive from justice loophole, and uh, get weapons of war off our streets and ending online sales of guns and ammo. Now, everything that he put in his abhorrent gun policy during the uh, election season can be categorized into three parts. It can be categorized into requiring background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons in high-capacity magazines, and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. Everything that he says that he wants to do fits into those three categories. Yep. Yep. Before somebody is like, well, incentivizing state extremist red flag laws... All right, yeah, but that he's just going to give funding to states in order to do it. That's not really, that's not really a gun control law. That's just him saying we're going to give you money if you do this. Your Same gun rights. 
Go no, go ahead. Same with saying giving uh, giving states incentives to set up gun licensing programs. He's going to be doing this through funding. He's going to be giving states money to do yep. this now. And before anybody out there says, "Well, that won't work," remember it was because of Ronald Reagan in the eighties giving states money for their highways that the drinking age became 21 and up across the nation. Yep. Yep. When you tie funding to specific policies, they almost certainly happen because now the state legislatures and the governor get together and go, we don't have to like this policy. It's how we get the money. The money's tied to it. So we just have to do it. Um, So, you know, that works as well as anything else. Red flag laws are possibly one of the worst things in here because let's be clear, this is not just a violation of your right to keep and bear arms. It's a violation of your right to uh, uh, search and seizure without a warrant. It is uh, uh, a violation of your right to due process. It allows for any person to anonymously say that you're a threat and have a weapon and the police will show up and take anything you have, usually first thing in the morning. This is, it's, it is the, it's, it's, you know, it's the, they're coming to take our guns. It's that it's, they're coming to take our guns, even if they're legal, even if you've done everything legal to own them, because someone anonymously said something about you. It's the worst. It's the apps. It's a SWAT law. It's, it's a, it's a great way to have someone killed. If you want to kill someone is to call the police and say that they're a risk and that they have guns please help, please help. Duncan Limp. Duncan, Duncan Lump, Lump, right? Duncan Lump. Duncan Lump. Yep. Yeah, he yep. had somebody call a red flag on him, and he was shot in his sleep. Yep, he was shot in his sleep. Uh, um, argu- and there were arguably, those... arguably, the one I think is the worst is uh, the eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on the streets, because that will lead to Ford being sued for DUIs. That'll lead to major companies being sued for user issues. So here's, you know, libertarians, we, we recognize that people should not be protected, immunized against being able to be sued. But the way these are worded is what's scary. It's not just saying if a gun manufacturer, for example, if a gun manufacturer makes something incorrectly so they they make the safety wrong and they knowingly make it wrong and they still put it out okay so they've done something uh uh uh, either neglectful or malicious that results in harm someone gets shot because their safety doesn't work and it was because of an error something that they either neglected to to fix or knew was a problem and, and refused to fix it then they should be sued but you're suing them for the fact that someone used a product that they made legally and like Matt said, that yeah. opens the floodgates for suing stores for selling you alcohol and then you go and and you know drunk drive. That 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 opens the gates for all sorts of things where you were essentially eliminating the concept of putting the culpability on the person who actually made the bad choice as opposed to yes. some also putting culpability because now the culpability won't be based on who's responsible, it'll be based on who has the most money. And that's a terrible, terrible way to weaponize politics against, you know, certain industries you don't like. You can just shut them down with lawsuits. It's a it's a terrible, terrible, terrible precedent. Um, 
this so one of the things is is re- he wants to reduce high capacity magazines. The Parkland shooter used ten round magazines. He didn't use high capacity magazines, or actually they're called normal capacity. Twenty rounds and thirty rounds are normal capacity. Uh, he he did not use the right. what would be considered high capacity. He used low capacity magazines and was effectively able to murder seventeen people. In a gun-free zone. Do you know why he was effectively able to murder 17 people in a gun-free zone? Because it was a gun-free zone. Now, we're not saying everyone at the school needs to be armed. We're saying that people should be able to have the ability to defend themselves if they see fit. Another proposal that isn't explicitly mentioned in this, but it is mentioned in Sheila Jackson Lee's HB 127, is the so-called mental health, uh, well, they call it uh, protecting against people with mental health, but it's actually discriminating against people that have PTSD, uh, people that are the victims of of, uh, survivors of abuse and rape that are dealing with trauma as a result of that, people that have anxiety and depression. It also says people with a brain disease. I have multiple sclerosis. They might mean me. They might mean me as well. So they're discriminating against people. And as a result of that discrimination, people will say, well, I don't want to lose my ability to own a firearm and protect myself, so I'm just not going to seek treatment. I can take care of it myself. So now someone who has a mental health problem that if left untreated could get bad and they're not getting treatment and they still have the gun. This is genius. This is genius level big brain stuff from gun grabbers. Yeah. So, uh, Stephen Merritt in the comments said, can I sue the government for making me pay to drive my own property if I get in an accident? No, you can't because of something called sovereign immunity. Now, that's an immunity I have no problem getting. Let's talk about getting rid of immunity. Let's get rid of qualified immunity for uh, uh, police officers and other agents of the state. Let's get rid of absolute immunity for judges and prosecutors and politicians. And let's get rid of sovereign immunity for the governments. Uh, let's, Let's make it so they can get sued like we can, too. See how that works. Yeah, this, what Biden is proposing here is absolutely terrible. Uh, hey, what What is it? It's a HB 1127? Uh, yes, the, the so that, that's, that's the, and I forget who it's named after. It was named after someone who was killed. Um, and it's the Sheila Jackson Lee's bill. And, and to be clear, it's odds of passing she, yeah. are, are, are almost nil. But this is... This is the extreme thing. So they introduce something that sounds so extreme that anything else sounds moderate and reasonable by comparison. So it's about shifting the Overton window towards extreme control where you got to get, you know, insurance to even be able to have a weapon. And if you have one single round of ammunition, you can go to jail for decades. You know, that that's it's you create that outrage with this thing. And then and then Biden's proposal looks, you know, moderate and common sense in, in comparison. So you had the Sheila Jackson Lee bill that came out and everybody was terrified by it. They were like, oh, my God, they're trying to take our guns. We're going to have to pay for a, a license on every gun that we've owned ever in yep. our lifetimes. And if yep. we don't, we're going to have to pay X amount per year and blah, blah, blah. And now Biden comes out with, oh, this is all we want to do are these three things. You know, we just want to uh, require background checks on all gun sales, banning assault weapons and high capacity magazines and eliminating immunity for gun manufacturers who knowingly put weapons of war on our streets. Now, there was something that wasn't in Sheila Jackson's bill that's in this one. 
He wants to be able to sue gun manufacturers. She didn't put that in there. And those the lawsuits NRA, had that not been in there. Yeah. The NRA would have supported this as long as they said they wouldn't pass the other one. Which is what Democrats want. You'll notice the way that they're running this is we're going to fight the NRA. The NRA is one of their bad cop, good cop, bad cop routine people, too. The NRA, every single gun law on the federal level that exists right now, every single gun restriction was either written by the NRA, including the worst one of them all, the NFA, the original major federal uh, uh, firearms, uh, the National Firearms Act, was literally written by the NRA. Don't forget that. You can thank the NRA for the fact that you can't legally own a machine gun. Uh, so the, the, they did that. Or they have supported or been neutral to it. So there isn't a single existing, currently existing gun control law or uh, or uh, executive order currently on the books that is not at least supported by the NRA. Joe Biden introduces this in order to be able to play the whole good cop, bad cop, cop routine like Matt said, if he left that part out, the NRA would have said, well, you know, we're we're good with background checks. We want to make sure that criminals don't have weapons. We're fine with the Second Amendment as long as you go through the legal process. Now, of course, the legal process is the right of the people shall not be infringed. It doesn't say the people who went through the legal process. It didn't even say the citizens. It said the people. Anyone under the presumed jurisdiction of the U.S. federal government should not have their right to be, be infringed by anyone, not just the federal government, shall not right. be infringed by anyone. Which, that is the what the, the legal process is supposed to be. But no, the NRA would have absolutely supported it. That was added in order to create this this false sense of uh, this false sense of uh, of of, of uh, opposition. Which, for anybody who is, isn't following us on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook, um, Facebook fact-checked the Second Amendment. The Second today. Amendment, yeah. The Second Amendment today and said that it was uh, false. Yeah, there was, there was the, a page from the... the con thing, there, was a, there was a page from the Constitution went, Center it, that just has the Second Amendment, and it says... This has been fact-checked as false. The actual right. literal text of the Second Amendment. Yeah. I don't even know where to go with that. And, right. Like the, and their reasoning behind, like if you looked at the fact-check on why they rated it false, one of them was Joe Biden won the election. Nowhere in there did we say that he didn't. Um, another one was George Washington never said this, which that's true. George Washington never said that. We didn't say he did, but George Washington never said it. So that part's, you know, I rate that partly false. <laughs> but one of them was just literally um, the writing of the, of the second amendment. There were like two different ones. And one had the text of George Washington, that quote that is not from George Washington. But the other one was just the Second Amendment. It was just like that's that should mm -hmm. have been fact checked as very true because that's just that's it right there. It's all that's what it says. Whether you like it or not, that's what the bill says. That's what the what the what the amendment says. Um, now, thankfully, 
uh, there's a good chance that this will be negotiated down. Uh, Joe Biden will remove. They'll remove the the uh, 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 the the part about. Uh, and by the way, when he's saying ending soon, immunity soon. for lawsuits. Uh, that also means from the federal government. So that's lawsuits, meaning weaponized civil asset forfeiture, the, the, using the civil process to to you know to to further damage businesses because the civil process, uh, the the uh, bar for the civil process is much higher, much lower than the criminal process. So it's just a way of weaponizing the state even further against specifically against gun manufacturers. Uh, so that'll get dropped, and then the NRA will probably say, "Yeah, okay." Or they'll just stop talking about it. They'll start talking about how the radical left and the Antifa are attacking our brave police officers, and then they'll ignore, you know, the actual threat to our freedom. Right. Thankfully. So everybody go visit Gun Owners of America. Thankfully. Yes. Everybody go visit Gun Owners of America. And if you're an NRA member, uh, switch to the GOA. Because they are actually fighting for your rights as opposed to negotiating them away. Um, yeah, NRA is negotiating rights away. Why is everybody spelling your... Everybody spelling mixtape is mixtap. Did you misspell it somewhere at some point? If I did, I'm okay. just finding out now. Okay. Maybe yeah, people just, don't know how to spell mixtape. Yeah, it's mixtape. Say it got an E. It's got an E, but uh, unless I may have spelled it, spelled it wrong. But so we ended on a high note. Eminem is on it. Eminem is on it. So that next tape does. Eminem is, yeah. Eminem is 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 frequently is is uh, is highly featured in it. Uh, So we ended on a high note. Joe Biden's coming to take your guns. Um, and uh, so that's good. Thankfully. This was um, a downer episode minus the It questions. was a downer. Well, we had Rachel. We started on a high with Rachel and then we, we, we did and have then Rachel. we just just then Cuomo murdered people and lied about it and it just went. It just went downhill. Uh so yeah. folks, the good news is Oh, the good news is that tomorrow, Wednesday, uh, uh, Wednesday, gosh, what Wednesday the seventeenth? Gosh, we're already almost one sixth of the way through this year, and that uh, that's some good news, huh? Um, tomorrow, I have uh, on my fellow Americans on my show, I have Travis Wentworth, who is a cybersecurity and cryptocurrency expert, and so we're going to be diving into. Uh, security issues related to cryptocurrency, some of the limitations on crypto, and uh, and the innovations that are going to uh, be able to fix those issues, and how you know crypto and the blockchain will eventually be the way that we do everything. Um, so that's going to be a really cool episode, especially in the in the midst of Dogecoin apparently becoming a thing. And I I I, I I'm still convinced it's a meme. I'm going to buy a hundred bucks worth because it, if it ends up becoming the standard reserve currency for the entire world, I want to at least have some. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, uh, I'm really looking forward to having that episode. And then, uh, and then on this weekend, I will be 
in the Libertarian Party of Tennessee Convention in Lebanon, Tennessee. Go check that out. Uh, if you go to lptn.org, you can find out more. Uh, and then we will be right back here next week. Uh, same muddy place, same muddy time for another brand spanking new episode of the, well, it's actually live, a live spanking episode of the of the Muddy Waters of Freedom, where Matt Wright and I parse through the week's events, make this sweet little summer, it's, what, is it is it at least spring yet, or is, no, it's still winter? No, it's still winter. Oh, it's like God. not until Passover. Fun fact. Fun fact. So my birthday is March 26th, and Passover starts the 27th. Passover is on my anniversary. Ends. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, Passover starts on the 27th and it ends the day before Sarah's birthday. Superfan Sarah Andreg's birthday. So it's just like it starts with my birthday, Passover, Sarah's birthday. I am There's symbolism so there. fat by the end of that. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say between the birthdays and that you're going to you're going to you may have to give me that Joe Solosky shirt cuz it's going to going to look like a you're going to be pretty stuffed into it. So, yeah, no folks, next thanks week, so much again. Next week we have Joel Getz. Yes, Joel, Joel Getz, Getz is running is for he's running for mayor of somewhere in Pennsylvania. Yeah, hold on. Uh, East Stroudsburg, East Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. East Stroudsburg, PA. And he's a cool guy. I got to hang out with him quite a bit when I was up in Pennsylvania last year, uh, helping with the petitioning to, to get all libertarians on the, on the ballot in Pennsylvania. And, uh, so that'll be a really, a really good, uh, really good episode. And yes, if you, if you guys donate a thousand dollars by next Tuesday, I will get hit with a salmon hot dog. That's in the comments. $1,000 to muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com and salmon is in spike. Salmon spike. The slamming salmon will take a salmon 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 hot dog to the face. Right to the old kisser. Slamming salmon spike. Yeah. And we'll, we'll record it in slow-mo too. So there'll be a video of the, so it's up to you. It's low. I mean, that's only like $20 from each of you. No, actually a little bit less. It's like 15 bucks from each of you. No, it's like 10 bucks from each of you. Yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah, it's like 10 bucks from each of you. It's nothing. It's nothing. It is nothing. So, Matt, if people were trying to find us on the internet, is that even possible? And if so, how? It is possible. If you are one of the old school people who enjoy listening to the sweet, dulcet, buttery sounds of our voices, all you would have to do is go to anchor.fm slash muddied water. Ah, yes, you can listen to the... To the why it's not coming up. Here we go. Here's good. You can, you can go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters. And you can listen and to while you're there, you can leave us messages. Hey everybody, you can also donate money to us. 
outside of the $10 that you're donating to watch Spike get slapped with a salmon hot dog. There we go. We've got 10 bucks in. We already got $10. We're $990 away from the old, the old thing right there. $1,000 to get Spike. And if you go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters right now and donate yes. money, we will give you a shout out on the show immediately. Yes. But you have to do it quick because we're about to end this segment. Okay, someone asked for a link. I think that's to the anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters. So I could go right there. I just put it in the thing okay, so you guys it. can go there. Yeah, I got no, I, I got it back. I'm I going back, and then we can it's go, and you can go there. And I'm telling you, you guys can can raise a thousand dollars so fast. I believe in you. We're gonna get. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm gonna make. It. You could probably do it. I'm gonna make the thing myself. Yeah. I'm gonna make the hot dog from salmon, and I'll form it and from. Make it you're gonna make it yourself from salmon. I'm going to actually make a salmon hot dog from actual salmon and form it into a cylindrical thing that I will then cook. And we will circle back. That we guy has 20 bucks. We circle back. We're going to circle we have back. To give Mac, we have to give Mac Jones a shout-out for donating money on Anchor. Mac Jones. Shout-out to Mac Jones for the donation on Anchor. Shout-out to Mac Jones. Which is funny because Mac Jones. Jones hates this segment so much. Of this part? Mac Jones hates us. Who can yeah, she hate hates you? the ASMR. I think, I think, I think part, I think that I'll probably be hitting myself, but maybe I can get my wife to hit me with it because there's not really anyone else here. Matt's we might be able to get Matt Hicks to come up for it. Oh. Matt Hicks would definitely no, come up for no it. No promise. No, no promises, but we might be able to get Matt Hicks to hit me in the face with a hot dog live on right. TV so a thousand dollars I believe in y'all we love you or or you can find this in every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com well folks I am excited thank you Sarah for another ten dollars I am excited we know I believe in y'all it's gonna happen uh, I will see you here uh, Wednesday tomorrow uh, at 8 p.m. Eastern. We will be doing our show, and then we'll see you hopefully in Tennessee, if you can join us in Tennessee, in Lebanon, Tennessee. Uh, and then we'll see you right back here uh, for Tuesday You're for the Money Waters. For it's Lebanon. Lebanon. What am I saying? I'm saying Lebanon. Oh, it's Lebanon? Lebanon? If you're from there, it's Lebanon. It's not Lebanon. Okay. All right. Lebanon. No, it's Lebanon. Join us Le- in Lebanon. Lebanon Tennessee. You know what? I can't even be upset because I was in Worcester, Mass. Spelled Worcester. But, you know, Worcester, sure. Well, yeah. It's where Worcestershire sauce comes from. Folks, thanks so much for tuning in again. We will see you tomorrow and, uh, and next week. And where we're going. We don't need roads. <laughs>